This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention that hotline is, fans. Thank you, Mean Gene. It's Taz and the Moose. Taz is off here on this Wednesday morning. Bogish is in the house. Uh, as we come to you live from the Rocky Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, who found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home? Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Coming up later on this hour, Andrew and myself will be chatting with Dennis Dodd, talking a little college football. Why not? Uh, it's that time of year, obviously, as we're winding down the college football season here well into the month of November, or into the month of November, uh, really the last month of the college football regular season before we get to the all the postseason shenanigans and all the bowls and everything like that. Uh, and that brings us to the three. What do you need to know on this Wednesday morning? Here you go. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. The initial college football playoff rankings are released. Uh, they are number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Penn State. Number five, the Clemson Tigers. Those are your top five teams. When you look at the initial college football rankings that came out last night, when you look at strength of record, LSU is the number one strength of record. Ohio State three, Alabama four, Penn State two, Clemson eight. Uh, you know, interesting when you look at what comes out now. Listen, uh, the... The national semifinals are not getting set this week. It's the first rankings that do come out. I do think they got it right. I think we can nitpick and talk about what we did earlier on, Andrew, in terms of three and four. But I do think, personally, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. Uh, I know you would have got LSU as, yes. uh, as number one in the college football playoff rankings. I would have went Ohio State. I think they're the most balanced, all-around, best football team in college football. However, I can understand the love that you have for LSU. Yeah, and and you know, at the moment, one and two is basically interchangeable, so there's no shame in being number two. Uh, I would have also put Clemson at number four, uh, or at least had Penn State at number three, based on the logic that the committee gave us last night. And I think that's kind of with list number one of five before selections. We're trying to get a handle on how they're going to process teams this year. And as we laid out back in hour number one, it was odd to me and others that. Clemson loses out to Penn State because of their head-to-head resume kind of comparison. But Alabama beats Penn State in the eye test, even though Alabama's resume is no better, if not worse, than what Clemson's resume is in terms of who they play, the quality of their opponents. Um, They basically share the same best win which is Texas A&M, which is not the same win that people thought it was going to be when the year began. So, you know, it's a little concerning moving forward. If you're a team behind Alabama and you want to get past them, you know, it, it how much of um, 
how much extra love they're going to get from this committee for being Alabama. It certainly has helped them in this initial list, and it's going to until the committee has no other choice moving forward based on actual results. Yeah, right, and they're going to get, obviously, a, a stiff test this weekend. Right. Alabama LSU, 3.30 kickoff. That's going to be a fun one. Ohio State, Penn State play in, what, three weeks, I believe it is, right? November yeah, that sounds 23rd, right. Yeah, I believe it is, second to last college football play. Because then Ohio State has Michigan. Correct, and Penn State closes out the year at home against... Couldn't tell you. Rutgers. Correct. That is right. <laughs> are they going to play Valley. that game? Because sometimes at the end of the stop, year. Stop, stop, okay. stop. They are going to play that game. At the end of the year, what? Teams play. Let <laughs> yeah, me hear like, You know what? The comment. season's over. Let's not, you know, nothing can change. Let's not even bother. Right. Rutgers but, closes out the season with a nice trio. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. That's a tough trio. They're no? already losing by multiple touchdowns. Someone was asking me the line at SNY yesterday because they know I do Rutgers football. Infinity. They asked, what do you think the line against Ohio State is? Do you think it's going to be over 50? I said, I would lay the line probably at 47 and a half. My goodness. Will Rutgers have hired Greg Schiano by the time that game is played? He's interviewing. I know. This week. I mean, they're having a sit down. Uh, you know, they uh, I think there's a possibility he could already be in place by then. Yes. Okay. I think there's a possibility. I don't know anything. I'm not telling you anything that I have great, you know, I'm not part of the inner circle, but Let I think update there's a My update, CBS Sports Radio's Moose reporting. Yes, exactly that. right. Yeah, break that news. Yes, here we go. <laughs> Here's Rob Mullins on Clemson out, Penn State in, and uh, the discussion between four and five. Take a listen. Obviously a very good team, um, you know, undefeated for sure. Um, but when you look at them relative to the people that were kind of in the same range, uh, particularly Penn State, who's right above them, you know, Penn State has marquee wins against Michigan and at Iowa. And for the committee, that was a separator. Two very, very, very good teams. Uh, but those two marquee wins were a separator. All right. What about how they rank teams? Take a listen. We start with a clean sheet of paper from week zero of the 2019 season through week 10 of the 2019 season. We don't look at past seasons. Uh, we don't look at preseason. We look at week zero to week 10, and we do not look forward. And when we come back next week, it'll be with a completely clean sheet of paper. Now, Mullins also wants to tell you that they debate you know, one and two just as much as they debate 24 and 25. A lot of attention gets paid in one through four or one through six. Um, but for our committee, we understand the importance of each and every ranking. So at just about every phase, and remember, we've talked about this in past years, you know, you do these in rounds, right? So we have yeah. seven rounds uh, where we break this down into smaller pieces. And there's a lot of debate within those rounds because you put teams into a pool, then you put their resumes on a board, and you have a lot of debate. So there's plenty of debate. Again, tomorrow morning, you'll read a lot about you know, Ohio State and LSU because of where they are in the rankings or Clemson and Penn State um, because of where they are in the rankings. But we're debating 21, 22, 24, 25 because we understand the importance of those programs as well. Bogus, let me ask you right now. Please. Look at the top 10 okay. uh, you know, of your list, right? Uh-huh. Look at the top 10 rankings. Mm-hmm. How deep do you think playoff contention goes? In terms of quality of team or actual pathway to get in? Pathway to get in. How many teams do you think are in the discussion from your mind that you think can make it to the national semifinals? I probably could stretch to Baylor just because they haven't lost a game yet this year. But then you throw like Minnesota in there because Minnesota's got Penn State coming up this weekend and they beat Penn State this weekend. That changes their dynamic. But, you know, but they also have Oregon and Utah who probably cancel each other out at some point. So that's all, they're kind of like one entry together on this list coming out of the Pac-12. Um, Auburn's got 
Alabama coming up, so a chance to boost their resume. So, like, somewhere between 10 and 12 teams. You think 10 and 12 teams? I think you're probably right. I think you're I think you're probably right in terms of contention. Um, you know, Baylor obviously has to remain undefeated. Oh, you know, Oregon being in the mix. You mentioned Oregon and Utah, Georgia, Clemson, Penn State, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State. Obviously, we all know what their paths are uh, in order to get themselves into it. I think it's intriguing, fascinating. I also think it's also refreshing that we're having some new names into the discussion. And Alabama and Clemson certainly deserve their respect. And as we mentioned earlier, Dabo Sweeney is going to look at this as a sign of disrespect, the fact that they're five and they're not four or three in these initial college football rankings. But as long as they remain undefeated, I think everything will take care of itself. I think they will. I have a hard time envisioning an undefeated Clemson team being on the outside looking in. That's not happening. Yeah, and I, I, I want to see if, if Oregon gets to the end with still only one loss. That one know, loss ha- being Auburn. And the, game they should have won. Right, or could have won. Could have won. And, you know, the Pac-12 has been banging the drum for respect and love. And, um, you know, what what do you do then with Oregon? And, it's you know, some of these so, so many of these paths interchange. It's kind of hard to, or intersect, I should say. It's kind of hard to separate them because when you push one team forward, it's often at the detriment of another. You know, like, again, with Penn State and Ohio State, like, Penn State technically is obviously very much involved right now, but they haven't played Ohio State yet. And then if they lose, well, first got to play Minnesota this weekend. So they could be out of this conversation within two weeks. Yes, they Depending could. on how things go. Um, but, I, you know, to go back to your question, I think there's, a you know, somewhere between 9, 10, 11, 12 teams that at least have a, are on life support when it comes to a playoff spot. All right, next. Number two. Cam Newton placed on injured reserve. Yeah, and as we discussed a little bit earlier last hour, uh, Andrew, uh, in all likelihood, I mean, his Panther career is going to come to an end. Uh, you know, that it will be, it is Kyle Allen, obviously, moving forward for the 2019 season, but it could be 2019 and beyond. They got Will Greer, the uh, the, the young quarterback out of West Virginia, in that quarterback's room as well. Uh, Newton has been a legendary Panther. There's no doubt about it. I think they're ready to move on. He's clearly a case where he cannot stay healthy. Uh, he had a lot of success, 2015 NFL MVP, not all that long ago as we're sitting here in the 2019 NFL regular season. He's just not been able to stay healthy. You know, you and I are a little bit of a disagreement in terms of Cam's future. We both agree that he's going to play. Just what caliber of player is Cam Newton going to be when he resurfaces in the NFL in 2020? Cam is, has had a better career than he probably gets credit for. Um, he has his detractors. I guess he opens. It's not. A, I don't say this to fault him, but I mean he's he opens the door for people to be stupid about the way he plays, and maybe because they don't like his personality, it leads them to say or kind of dismiss what he does on the field. But he's a he's a he's a Hall of Fame talent in this case. He's not a Hall of Famer, but no one has ever existed in the NFL before like Cam Newton, size, skill, position, and yeah, I, I do think um, it, it'd be a debate. It's not an easy thing. It's not a blank check thing, but. If I needed a quarterback this offseason and the Panthers have cut him and I'm not in position to draft somebody, if I think I need to have somebody step in right away and play, I don't have time for development, or I don't have the, the, the picks to actually get one of these young guys, I would sign Cam Newton. I think if he's healthy, there's two or three seasons of him being an above-average quarterback left in that body. Uh, and I thought you brought up a great team, the Chicago Bears. Got a great defense. One for one. You know, I got a great defense. Uh, Trubisky's an absolute uh, dumpster fire at the quarterback spot. Uh, he's not the solution there and steps into a scenario where he does not need to be great in order for that team to be great. You know, it's it's funny and the way my brain has worked with Trubisky when I and I watched a lot of their game this weekend and it was just it was a disaster. Um, 
when I watch him struggle and I hear people talking about how bad he's been and how inept their offense is, my brain flashes to Mike Glennon, who had just signed with the Bears. Then they move up to pick Trubisky. They didn't have to move up to take him there, but the look on Glennon's face of what just happened to me, that's my first thought. It's never the guys like Patrick Mahomes who were then taken after Trubisky, but that's the real thing here. The Bears took, there were three quarterbacks that take in that spot, and the Bears took the third one, the le- the worst one, by an ocean. True. And and it's just, it's it's a it's going to be a bad, bad pick, and I, maybe they figure things out, but they are a mess right now, and I don't, I share your lack of confidence in, in him becoming anything close to an elite quarterback and making that anything close to an elite offense in Chicago. No, he's not going to be able to do that. All right, number three. Number three. Chargers owner Dean Spanos denies team wants to leave L.A. Yes, here he is, the Chargers owner, yesterday on the rumors and the report from The Athletic that the Chargers and the NFL seriously considering moving that team to London. Take a listen. I know there's been a lot of crap going around the last 24 hours about this London thing, and I just want to give you a quote from me, okay? It's total Okay. That's a quote. We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in Los Angeles. This is our home. And this is where we're planning to be for a long time. Okay. Period. Okay? And if you want me to say it again, I'll Please. say it again. Yes, thank you. That story. Yes. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. I thank can't you, get past anywheres. Yes. No adult should say anywheres. No, I agree with you. I does he also say supposedly? No, he does not. He might. He might. Well, I have not heard him say supposedly, so maybe he does say supposedly. I mean, it's it's, if you're going with anywheres, supposedly is on the table. Now, a couple things to unpack here. Obviously, he's bothered by it. It affects the it affects the overall interest in the Chargers. If people feel like they're one step out the door and they're going to be heading over to London, uh, they've. It, I mean, the Chargers in Los Angeles for the NFL has been an unmitigated disaster. Uh, they are playing road games when even when they're home, just outside the Los Angeles area. So that's been a problem. Uh, they couldn't force a, a stadium down the. Uh, the residents' throats down in uh, San Diego. So that was not going to happen. Uh, and this has been a problem. Now, the thing is, is that it gets out. Maybe it was just an initial precursory conversation or cursory conversation here, Andrew, and there was really not much to it. That's why that's why Spanos is so upset. Maybe there's more to it. That's why Spanos is upset. Maybe he's upset this story gets out because, as you mentioned, Pro Football Talk brought up a number of different reasons with the relationship with the Rams, the Jaguars, in terms of, uh, why this all of a sudden gets out there because it obviously hurts the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I do think this. Maybe it's not the Chargers. There will be an NFL franchise in London within the next 10 years. Uh, I think there's too much heat to it, and the NFL is pushing too hard for it, and there's too big of a revenue stream to think that it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I keep going back to the level of anger in the Dean Spanos uh clip we just played and it it doesn't sound like fake anger it doesn't sound like tough guy routine even though he sounds like a tough guy like i don't i don't think he's making that up and i'm I'm trying to figure out why he's angry i I guess he could be just insulted that someone would 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 throw out the idea of his team not going to their you know staying in their beautiful home of los angeles but but maybe he is mad that a private conversation got leaked to the media yeah and that's why he's pissed and that's why and he turns that anger into such a strong denial of the possibility of being in London. 
Uh, maybe they're already going to London. Maybe they. Are. I, I, I don't. I don't think the Chargers are going to London. Do you? I, I mean, I, I don't. But I do. Like I said, I keep getting stuck on why he's so angry. Yeah. About the about that story. I think it's more so the former than the latter. I mean, he told I, me I, to do naughty things to the to the article. That just that seems like a lot. Correct. He did do that. I think he. I think he's more bothered by maybe the fact that. Okay, like, um, it's almost like he had, It's. I get a sense, it's almost like someone floated the idea to him, and he thought about it, and was like, yeah, no, we're happy here in Los Angeles, and then all of a sudden, that story gets out, that they've had these conversations, he's like, wait a second. Right. Uh, you know, I gave that little to know, I'm not moving to Los right. Angeles, you guys are making this out to be more than it is, we're not going to London. Because they did then leaving. technically talk about it, even yeah, though the conversation te- was like, stop, leave me alone, we're not going there. Right, right, exactly right, I mean, you know, it's it's like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's almost like when you're, you know, about to, you know, have your fourth or fifth child, and you have a conversation, and you're like, your wife's like, then uh, someone's like, oh, they're about to have another baby, wait, hold on a second, I never said that, I'm not having another child. <laughs> That's what you guys need, by the way. Another child, another kid. Yes, yes. Of no, course. no desire for a girl to throw in the mix there. Yeah, well, gonna... There's been those conversations. Yeah, really. Yes, yes of course. Yeah, we've I, had them. I think, I think they're. I think we've officially moved on in the bogus household. Oh, you have. You're not going to pull a Monzo. You're not going to go for eight, seven. No, we are certainly not going to go for seven or eight or nine, whatever Monzo. I, I think they're going to go until they can't anymore. No, Brian Monzo, for those that don't know, produces the Mike Francesa show. Wally uh, Ken. WFAN in New York for the next month. Right. Until Mike is off to radio.com, as he announced yesterday. Uh. So there you have it. Your three stories here on this Wednesday morning. We'll come back. We'll talk a little college football. Dennis Dodd will join Andrew and myself. It's a Wednesday morning. Good morning, everybody. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, yes, it is. A little Limp Biscuit bringing us out. 855-212-4227 on a Wednesday morning. Bogus is in the house in for Taz. Who's off here on this Wednesday? Hopefully, he'll be back with us tomorrow morning. As Taz and those take you Monday through Friday right here on CBS Sports Radio, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Remember, download that podcast each and every day radio.com, Apple Podcast, and uh, Stitcher. And I'm glad, thank you for all the tweets. I'm glad that uh, everyone loved my washing machine catching on fire story, which was big with the uh, podcast audience. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. The electrical fire, it's still sitting in my yard. On the, uh, on the smoldering. Porch. Thank God it's out. There is no fire. <laughs> Thank you to the Stanford Fire Department for putting that out. And, uh, and that's all done, all well and done. And hopefully we'll have a new washing machine tomorrow. That's the goal. Bogus Howard. Moose, I'm well. Uh, so here's the good news for Ohio State. Okay. They are number one in the initial college football it's playoff gonna rankings be number one. for the first time in program history. We all know what that feels like. This is the bad news. No team that started number one has gone on to win the national title. Now, that only dates back to 2014, but history is history, and that's what Ohio State will try and change this year. The Buckeyes, followed by LSU, Alabama, and Penn State, unbeaten Clemson, left out at the moment at number 5. Minnesota sits at 17, ahead of Saturday's clash with those Nittany Lions. The Gophers gave head coach P.J. Fleck a new seven-year deal yesterday. It starts next season with a raise to $4.6 million. Fleck's buyout is 10 mil for this offseason, 
then drops to four and a half, then to three mil. Opening night in college hoops featured the top four teams in the country at the Champions Classic at the Garden. Number one, Michigan State lost to number two, Kentucky, 69-62, after third-ranked Kansas fell to fourth-ranked Duke, 68-66. Now, yesterday began with Atlanta Hawks losing forward John Collins to a 25-game PED suspension. It ended with Trey Young's return from last week's sprained ankle, 29 points and 13 assists in a 108-100 home win over the Spurs. It's a six-game win streak for the Lakers, 118-112 in Chicago, a five-game run for the Celtics, 119-113 in Cleveland. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going back to Nick Foles now that he's healthy. The Jags are off this week, then he'll start against the Colts. Eagles wide out to Sean Jackson. Titans corner Malcolm Butler went on injured reserve yesterday. And Moose from hockey last night, the Blues, a 2-1 win in OT in Vancouver. And yes, those Islanders now on a 10-game win streak, a 4-1 victory over Ottawa. Andrew, well done. Thank you, Moose. I appreciate and, that. Uh, See you tomorrow. You got No, you're with us here. Dennis Dodd joins us, uh, covers college football for CBS Sports, does a great job. Hey, Dennis, Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogus with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. You bet. How are you guys? We're doing well, Dennis. Always great to chat with you. What do you think about the initial college football rankings? I thought that the, the committee did what the human polls couldn't, and that was admit that Ohio State is probably the most complete team in the country. And putting them at number one, LSU clearly has the best schedule and the better wins. But if you see Ohio State play, they are they are infallible right now. Offense, defense, uh, may have the best player in the country, at least defensively, in Chase Young, with a rookie head coach, by the way. So I thought, I thought that was one takeaway. Yeah, and I agree. And and Dennis, you know, we were kind of doing it yesterday. What were our predictions would be? And I, I thought Ohio State would be one based on everything that you just mentioned. Um, I, I think they are the most complete team. We can get down to schedules and quality wins and the like, but yep. it does come down to the eyeball test too when you're watching a team play. Uh, I think that does have to factor in, too, when you're looking at it. And I I think they've been the most impressive team up until this point as we approach week 11 of the college football season. Yeah, and people say they haven't played anybody. They do get credit for the Cincinnati win. Cincinnati is now the highest-ranked group of five team in the first ranking. They've played them in Wisconsin and outscored them a combined 80-7. to Um, Their schedule strength by the end of the year, I looked at it this morning, if, if they went out, will be 12th in the country. I, I use the NCAA barometer. There's a bunch of them you can use, but uh, would be 12th in the country. So you can't doubt that schedule strength. Uh, Dennis, me and Moose have gone back a bunch on Penn State versus Alabama versus mm-hmm. Clemson. Uh, I, I understand why Alabama would be ahead of Clemson, but if Penn State's ahead of Clemson because of resume, shouldn't they also be ahead of Alabama because of resume? You can make that point. Uh Again, schedule strength, I had uh, current opposition to date, Alabama, 112th in the country. They, don't, they haven't beaten a currently ranked team. Um, they, they did, tech, I guess, I, well, I don't know if the Texas A&M was ranked at the time or not. After that, it's Duke. Uh, hmm. So, yeah, if you go by that, then what the committee is saying is what I told you about uh, Ohio State, that Alabama looks better than Penn State. And, yeah, that might be true, but that's the way Penn State's going to play. A couple of weeks ago, their quarterback, Sean Clifford, was leading the Big Ten in passing. Uh, so they might, might not be easy on the eyes, and, and Alabama's now eye candy offensively. But Penn State's pretty darn good. I mean, again, none of this matters. These top four teams are going to play each other as they right. currently stand. And then, by the way, they, they have, those may not even be elimination games. Um, we've seen what it looks like with two SEC teams in. 
again, schedule strength. I could see two uh, two Big Ten teams in there if uh, if Penn State if Penn State wins out uh, and Ohio State sitting there at um, you know at at eleven and one. Look out. You know, Dennis, I asked Andrew this question. I'll ask you because I'm curious from your perspective. How deep do you think playoff contention goes in these rankings? There's a cement ceiling for me after number six, Georgia, because then you've got, you've got, or I'm trying to think, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, all those teams need help. The top six teams control their own destiny. Georgia, Georgia wins out, they're in. Clemson wins out, they're in. We just discussed the top four. There's a cement ceiling after number six, except for Baylor and Minnesota. Baylor's 12th and Minnesota's 17th, and they're kind of fun little success stories this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if they if they win the rest of their games, and Baylor especially, which has a, a heck of a chance to do it, then they're in. You know, you're you're not going to keep a 13-0 Minnesota Big Ten champion out because it's never happened. The major college champ has never been left out undefeated, uh, at least in this system. It happened in 2004 in BCS with, with Auburn. That's why we expanded, frankly, because that can't happen again. And the same for Baylor. They would they have to play Texas and Oklahoma and back the next three weeks for Baylor at TCU, Oklahoma, Texas at home, uh, and then most likely play Oklahoma in a rematch in the championship game. That's a pretty good accomplishment if they get in. So I, I would look for them. Those two, again, control their own destiny. Dennis, my good, my good buddy Mike Yam is the face of the Pac-12 network, and he's a good yeah. company guy, so he's banging the drum for that conference. Um, did Oregon and Utah get the right amount of respect in this initial list? I, I thought they did. I, I don't think they could um, thought they'd be any higher. You know, Oregon had, I thought, a pretty good win against USC. I know this isn't a good USC team, but to go on the road, that was kind of a trap game for them. Um, and frankly, the loss at USC – by Utah earlier in the season is keeping them from being higher. Their their schedule strength, the one I figured out yesterday, was 97. And so Oregon clearly is the banner carrier for the Pac-12, but they need chaos above them to happen to get in the top four, and they have to keep winning. I, I, as a net gain for the for the Pac-12 this year, I think it is a net gain. They came out of September with no uh, no undefeated teams for the first time in I think 32 years. So now that we've got two teams in contention, it doesn't look good, but they're still in the running. Uh, we're talking to Dennis Dodd, covers college football for uh, CBS Sports. Uh, Dennis, um, you know, away from the rankings here for a little bit, There's a, you know, let, let's look ahead to the game, and then there's some obviously co- uh, coaching scenarios. This weekend, Alabama, LSU, you know, it, do you think Tua does give it a go for the Tide? Um, if he doesn't, do you think Alabama can still beat LSU if Tua does not play? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's the second question is the question, you know, we're all thinking about. Can Alabama beat LSU if Tua doesn't play or it be something less than 100%? I think we saw the answer to that question against Clemson last year. He had, I think he had 22 days between the surgery and the playoff games last year on the other ankle, um, beat Oklahoma, but was, was mobile, throwing off the back foot against Clemson, two interceptions, one for a pick six. Um, and so, yeah, I think their, their chances diminish uh, whatever percentage point Tua is below 100% or Mac Jones has to play. I think, I think Mac Jones is a gamer. You saw that against Arkansas. They called some plays for him. But, our, but Mac Jones is not going to hit that seam with Jerry Judy with two defenders hanging on him like Tua will. So that, that's the question. I mean, I'm writing about that today. Can, can Alabama 
uh, win with a with a Tua at eighty five percent. I don't know that the answer to that question. Well, let, let me kind of then connect Alabama yeah. back to next week's rankings. Let's say Tua plays and he's obviously compromised, or he doesn't play, and they lose either way. They lose a tight game. They hang for LSU. They don't get blown out. It's a good showing. It's a good game. How far do you think the committee would actually drop them on the next list? Well, uh, the, I, the, I think they drop out of the top four. Um, you know, but they and LSU would have the advantage. You know, I, I, at that point, it's LSU's division to to lose. Um, so, and, and that put that gets into uh, the scenario which most benefits the SEC. Uh, to get to get two teams in, it's not LSU or Alabama. It's it's Georgia winning out and beating an undefeated LSU to get two teams in. Georgia would be in, obviously, as SEC champion. But think of LSU as the number two team in the country right now with 13 data points at 12 and one. How do you keep them out? You know, you've lost one game all year to Georgia in a championship game in the best conference. So, yeah, Alabama would drop out and would fundamentally be out of it at that point. Uh, Dennis, you know, the, the other game on the slate, Andrew and I were mentioning uh, earlier on the show that, that's fascinating, is the Minnesota-Penn State game, uh, you know, which, which kicks off at high noon. Uh, so it leads right into that Alabama-LSU game for a college football fan. Two undefeated teams, two Big Ten teams. You know, Flick has done a great job with with that Golden Gopher program, and he gets rewarded with his brand spanking new contract extension through twenty twenty six. What do you think? You know, you know, Penn State's certainly impressive, and and they, I think they're the better team. I think Minnesota can hang with Penn State on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, I I think they can. Um, this is Minnesota's entire season. You see PJ Fleck, you know, trying to get game day there, and you know they he's gotten some players. Now their schedule, they're they're in that situation where it, it happens every so often in this age of super conferences you're not you're going to have a lot of misses and you're going to get you're going to get records like this it happened with michigan state in 15 going to the playoff iowa uh in 2012 georgia had a lot of misses this year minnesota misses michigan michigan state and ohio state okay from the east they play penn state this is their season they have to beat them think about this Okay, let's assume, and yes, they can beat Penn State. Penn State is really, really good, and I think can get to the playoffs. Um, but think about this. Nobody's talking about this. If we assume that Ohio State wins out and goes to the playoffs, we're essentially talking about Saturday being for a Rose Bowl berth because somebody from the Big Ten has to play there. Hmm. And Minnesota, even if they lose, Minnesota is – is two games ahead of both Iowa and Wisconsin as we speak right now. They're probably going to win the West and play Ohio State in the championship game. But think about that. Little old Minnesota having its best season since 1941 in the Rose Bowl. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Nobody is talking about that. That is that is great. You know what? It would be... It'd be a credit, uh, you know, to the uh, to the job that uh, that Fleck has done out there. He, he's done a remarkable job with that Golden Gopher program. Yeah, I mean, people want to deride him for being a self-promoter and, and doing it with game gimmicks and row the boat. Row the boat. <laughs> row the boat. I tweeted this yesterday because I know him pretty well. I said, look, whatever you think of P.J. Fleck, he's taken Western Michigan, Western Michigan to the Cotton Bowl. Minnesota, their best season in 78 years. You know, and I just told you their possibilities for 
the Rose Bowl. And, and so if you want to hit me with, yeah, but who have they played? Well, who has Alabama played? <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if you want to go there. Now, they play the big game Saturday, but I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from Minnesota. Does P.J. make sense to you at Florida State, Dennis? He does. Uh, I think, you know, you have to think about that job. Okay, what is the floor there for them? What, who are the candidates they can't go beyond that they can't really sell to the fans? And I think those names are Mike Norvell at Memphis and Mike Leach. I think both of those guys would go. I think right now at least P.J. Fleck is a hotter name. Um, so, and and I, think, I think he would go there. Um, I'm not, uh, you know what? I'm not sure. I think he would go there, but not after yesterday with the seven year contract, he's locked in at least for a while. So take his name off the board. So it, at the bottom, I go Norvell and Leach and, and go from there. Yeah. You know, I guess, you know, I mean, you know, and, and that's going to be all the rumblings out there for Florida state. You mentioned Norvell and Leach. What are, you know, I guess where, where, the, where else are the Seminoles going to go here? And do you think Willie Taggart, do you think 21 games down there for him was enough for Willie Taggart? Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's something's wrong there and it's, it's beyond everything. It's talent, it's coaching, it's the administration. It's, it's everything. Um, you know, as recently as September, they were still blaming all this on Jimbo Fisher for academic, you know, lacking academic scores. He left the cover bare, blah, blah, blah. Well, at some point, you know, you're Florida State and you have to turn the corner. And what got them was they had, I think they had terrible attendance for the Miami game on Saturday. And, you know, that'll do it, you know, for for anybody when the people, when apathy strikes. So that's what's happening there. We shall see. Uh, Dennis, final one for me, and that is uh, you know closer to where Andrew and I are broadcasting from, and that is New York City and and in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Rutgers is looking for a new head coach. There's a name out there, Greg Schiano, that seems to gain a lot of heat. We know, you know, obviously in the NFL had a lot of success there initially before Bolton for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you think? And, and Rutgers got a lot of other issues going on for their athletic director Pat Hobbs right now. But do you think Greg Schiano and a Rutgers marriage or a remarriage is something that's going to definitely happen? Yeah, it looks like it's going to happen. Um, I mean, who else is out there that knows more about Rutgers and has a proven track record that can do it? I mean, he's the only guy that has had success there in the last, I don't know, what, 50 years? Um, and and wants, wants to get back into the game. And after all that crap he went through at Tennessee, uh, you know, good for him to, to get another chance. I think he is one of the few guys on the planet that can get them back to relevance. Playing in the Big Ten East, having to play Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State every year is going to be tough. Um, and and it, it underscores for the Big Ten that, you know, look, uh, Maryland and Rutgers really were warm bodies. Uh, Jim Delaney whiffed on his, his desire to get either. He wanted to get uh, some combination of these two out of three, uh, Virginia, Georgia Tech, North Carolina. He whiffed on that. He settled for Rutgers in Maryland. That's not looking, not looking very good right now. No, it's not. Hey, uh, Dennis, we appreciate the time this morning. We really do. Have yourself a wonderful Wednesday, and we'll chat again soon. All right, thank you. You got it. Thanks, Dennis. Dennis. Dodd, uh, college football writer for CBSSports.com. He does uh, a very, very good job. He really does. And interesting, we'll see if that – a lot of people think maybe Shiano, that, that deal gets done this week. Well, you know, the, I, was, I could have asked Dennis the timeline of Florida State, too, because they again said yesterday that they want to hire someone 
by the end of this month, which would seem to say they, they're not hiring a guy who has a job right now. Right, because the isn't the early signing period in early December? Right, but like everyone has a game through November, the last week of November, right. and then maybe conference championship games. So even before you get to P.J. Flex buyout, which is now 10 mil in Minnesota, is he going to take the Florida State job in the middle of the historic golfer season? I have a hard time envisioning exactly. that. Yeah, it's uh, Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogus, Taz and the Moose on this Wednesday morning. We'll come back. we got the undercard for you. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from Bob down in Kentucky. Will we ever see Minshaw Mania again? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Uh, get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service. Where O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every single day. So, uh, Gardner Minshew Mania, uh, are we ever going to see it again down in Jacksonville with the Jaguars? And uh, if you didn't see the report yesterday, not the report, but really the announcement by the Jaguars that Nick Foles is back and will be starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars moving forward over his broken, what, clavicle collarbone that he suffered the opening week Mm -hmm. uh, when they took on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Will we ever see it again? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think Gardner Minshew showed himself capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think there's things to work on. I I don't think you've seen the last day of him being a starting quarterback in the NFL by any stretch. Uh, If I was the Jaguars and Nick Foles finishes this season strongly – I, I would see if I could hoodwink somebody into trading me something good for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I could see that. And I thought I thought the decision to go back to Foles was the decision to make before Minshew kind of wet himself in the fourth quarter last week. I mean, it was it was ugly. Two picks and two fumbles against the Texans in London. It was all, and and it was like the old school announcers jinx. They brought up the fact that this decision was looming on the Fox crew, and then immediately he started giving the ball away as if he heard them talking about it. And was like, oh man, I'm playing for my job and then just fell apart. Uh, but even before that, I thought you had to go back to Foles because Minshew's been fun, and he's been good. Yeah. But, I mean, they were 4-3 and three entering the game. It wasn't like he was. they were 7-1, and one, and he was throwing for 350 and three scores every weekend. I thought you had to go back to Foles, who you just gave four years and like $80 million to. Um, so if I'm comfortable with Foles... I might see if that mania went somewhere else and somebody wants to overpay me for Gardner and then yeah. I'll just sign a veteran to, to stand behind Foles. Don't disagree. I thought when Foles was healthy, he was going to play uh, regardless of the success. And Minshew had some success as the Jaguars starting quarterback. Um, but I, I thought you know it was his franchise. It was his team. They paid him. I think he's earned it. Plus, I, I think he's a really good quarterback. And he showed that in Philadelphia. Now, the consistency with Nick Foles hasn't got exactly gone hand-to-hand, but I agree. If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, looking to maybe add uh, some quality talent to the team, maybe find Gardner Minshew, maybe find a team to be able to bite on that carrot after the season and give up something for Minshew, a guy that you didn't invest all that much in in any way, shape, or form. All right, let's get to it. Here we go, the undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, Mike, what do we got, buddy? Let's hypothetically say the Chargers did move out to London. Mm-hmm. What should they be renamed? Ooh. Oh, nothing. I'd be the Chargers. You can't yeah. take the uniforms out. It, it, then don't move. 
I mean, you, you, you can't not have the Chargers. They've got to be the Chargers. The London Chargers. I, the bloody Chargers? Uh, you can't you can't change their name. They change it. They have to be the, the Chargers. That's how I you need s- those baby blues. That's how you sell them. That's how you sell it. You can't change them. Yeah, Put them back in San Diego, by the way. I I don't disagree yes. with that. But if they happen to move to London, you no, know, it just says the Jacksonville the Chargers. Ja- well, that's not English. Say the Jaguars. No, that's terrible. <laughs> say the Jaguars move to London. They'd be the Jaguars. Or the, as some people pronounce it, the Jaguars. Kurt Warner was all day Sunday morning. The Jaguars. Like, somebody get in his ear on a phone network. It's not the Jaguars. Yeah, why is that? Why, why, that do, why do people mispronounce that? Because it's it's. it's I've, I've heard other people do it. It's the Jaguars. It's the Jaguars. Now, I, think, now, I know I have a distinct kind of like New York kind of a feel. But, I mean, it's the Jaguars. It's not the Jaguars. No, but like the car commercial. Do they say like Jaguar? Do people like... Jaguar. Bastardized that kind of different right, accent on it. I don't know how you got You're right, but this is not a $95,000 vehicle. No. It's not a Jaguar. There are also folks that call them the Bengals, not the Bengals. So there's all it's, the Bengals. A, it's a battle. It's not an A, it's an E. They're not the Bengals. They're not, they're not bracelets. They're Bengals. 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 Yeah, you're right. Right. You're good. Others you say, pronounce it, Pete. How do you pronounce Jaguars? Jaguar. Like a gentleman. The Jaguars. Jaguars. You, Why Mike. do you, Bilotti, you're a, you're a teacher, uh, adjunct professor. <laughs> Why do you think people pronounce it Jaguars? I think people are lazy, that's why. Lazy. Oh, All right. Lazy. Okay. All right, Mike, next. I can't believe they just did that. Wow. 36 years ago today, Will Byers disappeared. That's uh, a reference to Stranger Things. Today is Stranger Things Day. You watch Ooh. the show? I do watch Who the, the show. Will Byers, the, he's the the boy that was taken Hashtag into the Stranger upside Things down in, the, in Stranger Things. Wait, today is Stranger Things Day. The yeah. day thirty six years ago, Will Byers on the show disappeared. Technically, the show's only been out like for four years. So. Right, but thirty six years ago today is the day that he disappeared. Right. Thirty six years ago today, mm-hmm. and Stranger Things is in the future. Stranger Things came out four years ago. In the first episode, Will Byers goes missing. It takes place 36 years ago today. With all of that said, do you watch wow. the show Stranger Things? I do watch it, Which Mike. Andrew thanks for asking. And Moose doesn't, yeah. based on my question. I do not. I've no, no, I've not. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'm a little. I've been alarmed because my daughter, who is eight, going on nine, wants to watch it, and I've already seen it. And there's no way she'd be allowed to watch it because they curse. It's scary. There's monsters. There's blood, and like. Her, half her third grade class has already watched it, and I want to know who their parents are that are letting these kids watch a show that is like basically somewhere between PG thirteen and R. Yeah, I don't want to get there, man. Come on now. I, I don't want to get there at all. I don't. I don't want my kids. Rules, I don't want my kids to grow up. I like naps. I like watching Spirit, the horse. I like mm. watching no, you know, PJ Masks. I like watching all that. We've stuff. we've officially even with my six year old, five year old, almost six. We've graduated now to a lot of um, real people, real actors. Fewer and fewer cartoons. Oh. Yeah. That's, Fuller House is that, hot in my oh, house Fuller right now. Fuller House, there you go. But Very even that's nice. a little too risque. Uh, they talk about SEX in that show. Mike, how will you be celebrating Stranger Things Day? I will not be doing anything. <laughs> Delivering oh, okay. food yeah, to that. people having viewing parties. All right, next. <laughs> Ooh, oh. Zion Williamson did not play last night for Duke. He's in the NBA now. Yes. Are you excited that the M- the college basketball season won't all be about Zion and actually about all the other teams and everything uh, and every other possible storyline? I got to be honest with you. I was a little strange watching Duke take on Kansas last night. First off, 
it's tough watching Kansas knowing basically like they're facing like <laughs> yeah. expulsion. Exactly. Their basketball program <laughs> is facing like expulsion. But, shuttered. But Bill saw Bill Self looks no worse for the wear. He looks great on the sideline. It's strange watching Duke and not seeing people basically fawn over Zion Williamson. No, but it was so much easier last year. All you had to know was Zion. Now you had to know all of these That's different true. You're teams right about and that. players and the amount of prep work has gone through the roof all of a sudden. Bogus, good job, brother. Thank you, Moose. Uh, Mike, Pete, great job across the way. Uh, thanks to everyone that called and tuned in and listened throughout the course of the morning. We certainly appreciate it. Taz and the Moose, we out. Peace! There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.